All right, what's up, everybody? We have John Drake of the Nerf Herder Council on the line, man. What's going on, John? Not too much, bro. What's up with you? Oh, you know, just mourning the death of another rock superstar. A legend, as it were. I don't know how legendary he was, but, uh, you know, he definitely touched a lot of lives. And, you know, that first album, I think, sold over 10 million copies. So uh, it's definitely something, but I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't say uh, rock superstar or anything. Yeah. Well, like I say, if you read social media, people who weren't even listening to Linkin Park yesterday, all of a sudden he was the voice of their generation. You know how that goes. So, (laughs) (laughs) right. But yeah, no, those first two records were incredible, man. Meteora was, I mean, it was, I I remember reviewing that uh, for a music magazine and doing like a back and forth with somebody who just thought it was terrible because they just basically aped the first record. And I was like, the thing sold, like you said, like it went diamond. Why are you going to try and break the mold? (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) You're selling 10 million copies. You're going to do the exact same thing too. So, but you know, 35 minutes long, but man, those first two records were fantastic. So catchy. Yeah. The first album, I mean, I was kind of in the, in the, in the scene at that time when that album came out. And I remember hearing the, the big single with the, the shut up, you know, I'm talking to you or whatever. Yeah, uh, chorus, and I was like, "Man, that is so cheese ball!" And like, I just remember hating it when it first came out. But <laughs> I think I saw, uh, somewhere along the lines, I ended up being one of those ten million that bought it. And then uh, actually earlier today, you know, doing what everyone does when uh, someone dies, they kind of go back and revisit the catalog. And I was like, "Man, there were like there was tons of hits on this thing." So uh, yeah, I, I kind of skimmed through it earlier, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's not too bad." Yep. Even the even you know the B side tracks really had a lot of hook to them. You know, even if it wasn't vocally, it was instrumentally. There was a lot of catchy stuff on those first couple of records. So, you know, I mean, it, it always surprised me what a left turn they seem to take with the next several, especially the mo- most recent one. But, you know, those first two are pretty, I would say, w- within that type of genre, pretty classic, I would say. Yeah, they're definitely in the, in the classic realm. I'm not going to go too far. I, I, I know that they're kind of one of those bands that's like, you know, along the lines of uh, Nickelback, you know, where everyone shits on them. Right. (laughs) I think everyone craps on Nickelback for more more uh, realistic reasons, though. (laughs) That's a band I just I I don't quite understand. But you can't you can't begrudge any band that can sell that many records and that many tickets, and you know even if you don't like them. And I will say, I saw Chester sing for Stone Temple Pilots, and I saw that I thought that was garbage. Yeah, I wondered about that. I I I actually have never talked to somebody that saw that, but I heard the couple songs that they did, and I went and. His voice just does not mix with that. No, it was really bad. It was it was at a festival type show, so it was kind of. They were also in a very bad spot. It was, um, if I remember correctly, it went Limb Biscuit, and then Stone Temple Pilots, and then Corn, or uh, some of the uh, something along the lines of that, or or Limb Biscuit, Stone Temple Pilots, you know, Five Finger Death Punch, or something. I mean, they were just like kind of an oddball at the same time, and it was just, but yeah, he was garbage singing for Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a pretty decent singer, I suppose. I from from the stuff I've seen online, he was always a little bit flat for whatever reason. But I just I never thought his voice was a fit for that style of music because they're just a little more straight ahead rock and roll, and he just really didn't have that type of a voice. I don't think even even though he's a talented vocalist. And one thing too with him, I'm, I'm just kind of wondering. You know, I know that he was a huge uh, Chris Cornell fan. And today, as we record this, would have been Chris Cornell's birthday. 
and then Chester kills himself on Chris Cornell's birthday. From what I, all I can tell is like from hanging also. So, I mean, it's just like, is this like a weird fascination with Chris Cornell that he's kind of living out? I, I don't, I don't understand that part of it. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I read that too. And he had, he had written that letter that was all over Twitter. Uh, Chester had about Chris Cornell when he, when he died saying, you know, I can't imagine a world without Chris Cornell. And, and then he goes and kills himself, you know, in the same fashion that Chris Cornell did on his birthday. Like, I agree with you. It's a, it's a little sketchy, I think. It's like some sort of super, like a super fan. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. I love you so much. I'm going to do the same thing. Right. <laughs> like, Another thing, I don't too, know, I just, just him having six kids, like, that was actually the most shocking thing of this whole thing. I'm like, Chester Bidding had six kids. Like it's not like I get it's not like something you see every day, but you know, I don't remember ever seeing a photo of him at like the Grammys or something with, you know, hauling around you know, six strollers or anything like that. <laughs> a gaggle of children. <laughs> <laughs> all yeah, all I, like all like tied together, like, you know, hand to hand, you know. Kinda. Just in a row, like a bunch of shopping carts in the Walmart parking lot or something. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I think that's the that's the saddest part. I mean, everybody, you know, when these things happen, people always, oh, this is so sad, and this is, I feel bad for, you know, he, I I love this guy as a musician, this that and the other, but, you know, the 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 real tragedy of the whole thing is really, you know, the people that get left behind. Yeah, the kids. And I mean, he, I think I think in one of the articles I read, I think his oldest daughter or second oldest daughter, or something just graduated college. He was just at her graduation pretty recently, within the last few months, I think. So, you know, it's it's just crazy. I, I, I just can't fa- I can't fathom that mentality that says you know it's so bad that I'm going to leave everybody behind. I just it's I can't imagine things being that bad. You know, anytime, maybe I just have it. <laughs> anytime you have those thoughts, you know, like you have a moment, you're like, I could just end it right now. Like I I always like not only think about my kids and stuff, but I'm like. I'll miss the football season. I'll miss, uh, you know, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I started thinking of stuff that I'll miss. I'm like, all right, yeah, no, no I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> well, me being a Browns fan, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'll miss the football season. Well, that's not really a good reason to right. stay here, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, LeBron's I'm the same back, way. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, at least for this year, if you, if you, if you read, the, read the sports pages, apparently he's gone to L.A. next year. But yeah, and I, 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 I feel the same way. It's just I, I can't imagine things being that bad that you leave and and especially for somebody in his position or Chris Cornell where you've got the millions of dollars where if you if you know you're that depressed or you have substance abuse problems you actually have the means to afford top level treatment and care around the clock to get yourself better so i i, I always wonder about that why they don't take that avenue absolutely and the, and the whole thing too with you know the housekeeper found him and stuff like that it, Linkin Park is still to me one of those bands like I understand that he's probably a bazillionaire but like to me he's not so it's like he, he had six kids and a housekeeper like I don't know it's just so funny like when when I get but I mean you know you you sell a diamond album I'm sure you got a couple of couple of bucks somewhere but it's still crazy yeah, yeah. Nickels to rub together, yeah. <laughs> right. But but I guess I guess I guess if I had six kids and a lot of money, I'd be hiring a housekeeper too. I'm like I'm not following these these damn kids around. Like you do it, I can afford it. I can afford to be lazy. I'm gonna go write tunes and sell another six million records. I just I honestly I you know I feel for the kids and all this, but you know I just it's just so funny. You know, I was texting old Aiken earlier about, I was like, and the acoustic Lincoln Park tributes in three, two, one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was, man, as soon as, as soon as Cornell died, uh, the, the first weekend after that, I was playing with my cover band 
and all throughout the show, people are like play some Chris Cornell, man. He was he was he was amazing. You have to play Chris Cornell, and I was like, I'm not playing Chris Cornell. Just just <laughs> just because the guy Soundgarden, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, are you not a Soundgarden fan either? <laughs> Me personally, no. I was never. That's that's the thing on this. On I was telling the wife earlier. I was like, you know, Soundgarden and Linkin Park. You know, two people that I'm like, all right, well, it sucks that they died, but it's not like my music collection is crushed. It's not like when Dimebag was murdered, and you know, I probably you know laid in the bed for three days straight. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, that's, I would do it. I was the exact same way. I still, still to this day in December every year, I'm like, man, it just, it bums you out. Like, you're like, what, what could have been, you know, what kind of stuff would we have heard? You know, we'd have had a Pantera reunion. We'd have had more damage plan. You know, we just would have had more dime and all that, all that music. And yeah, for Soundgarden and Linkin Park, I'm not, I wasn't a big fan. So, you know. At least Cornell, I could see like he really was. I mean, his his voice. I I don't care for his voice at all, but as a vocalist, he was incredible. Mm-hmm. So that one I get, and he was a great songwriter. Chester, I, I don't know. He was he was good, but it wasn't. You know, people weren't looking at him like Prince or something like that. So and with Soundgarden too, you had songs that were more easily adapted to the acoustic guitar to where I'm re- I'm actually really looking forward to seeing these these silly tributes to Chester come out. <laughs> right there'll be like 18 versions of that that b-side my december that they put out on that first record if you get like the extended version of it it'll be about the only one is there anything you could really do acoustic lincoln park to uh things to put things you can do acoustically with lincoln park songs i would just like to hear a nice shut up when i'm talking to you <laughs> <laughs> shut up when i'm talking to you all breathy and everything breathy and like in a minor key and it's <laughs> just super sad. <laughs> played on a played on all the bass notes on a piano or something. Yeah, right. That in the end song just becomes the most depressing, <laughs> like wrist slitting thing ever. And in the end, doesn't really matter. There you go. Like, oh my god! I think we, I think we found it. Yeah, exactly, dude. We're already sad enough. Cut that out. <laughs> <clears throat> Did you see what Head from Corn said about Chester? No, what do you say? Uh, let's see here. Oh, I'll just read it. Honestly, Chester's an old friend who we've hung with many times, and I have friends who are extremely close to him. This is truly pissing me off. How can these guys send this message to their kids and fans? I'm sick of this suicide shit. I've battled depression slash mental illness, and I'm trying to be sympathetic, but it's hard when you're pissed. Enough is enough. Giving up on your kids, fans, and life is the cowardly way out. Yeah, I see. I it's hard for me to discuss, especially since we're recording, because <laughs> I I have a very strong opinion on suicide, and I just stuff like that I tend to just keep private because it it opens up cans of worms and arguments with people. But I actually have friends that have committed suicide, and uh, I have family members with mental illness, and my uncle, in fact died from it he had such a severe case of, bi- of bipolar disorder that it literally killed him my my mother who is forthright with everything still hasn't told us what the heck happened but all she'll say is is that it killed him so i know that those things can be real but i you know calling it the cowardly way out and i know this is going to piss a lot of people off but when you really think about it as we were talking about leaving your kids and your family behind it's hard not to see it in that light. And I won't, I won't go into details on how I feel just to not, you know, again, get off into some potential hot button issue. But 
I, I don't blame people for having that feeling at all. I mean, it's, it, if you really look at it, it's kind of what it is. Yeah, and, and I've worked around the mental illness field a little bit. I mean, I'm not like a psychologist or anything like that, but I mean, I, I definitely know that there are people out there that have the tendencies and things like that that, that are, are inside them. And, and, you know, one day I guess you could just break down and do it. You know, you don't care about, not that you don't care about your friends and your family and things like that, but I mean, I guess it's just demons that you're battling inside you. Yeah, and I, I think I think people... The problem with the mental illness discussion these days is that a lot of people don't understand how serious it can really be. So there's a lot of people out there that say, oh, well, I'm depressed, so I need medication. Like, no, you just have to sack up and realize that life is hard sometimes. You, you don't need a pill. You just, you just need to stop blaming it on a condition that you don't have. You're just you, – you need to nut up. You know, there's – you know, like I say, people like my, my uncle who died from this who was in and out of the hospital – where like one day I go golfing with him and I'm just having a great time as my uncle, and three days later I find out he's strapped to a hospital bed. And you're like, what the hell is that? I mean, that's mental illness to me. And I, I don't know. It's just hard for me to see all these people claiming depression. It's like, you know, sometimes you just have to deal with what life throws at you and not throw out an excuse that requires a pill or a diagnosis, I think. I don't know. Yeah, go, out, go outside, go for a walk. <laughs> get, yeah. some, get some uh, get some vitamin D from the sun, <laughs> <laughs> right? I, it's like I, I know that sounds callous, but I, I mean, I everybody has those days where you're just like everything sucks, this sucks, blah blah blah. But I mean, not to be all rainbows and unicorns, but I mean, there's always something good if if you if you're looking for it. You know what I mean? So if it, you just I don't know, I don't want to get too deep into it. Like I say, because I don't want to get all you know up on a soapbox or pissing people off that are listening, you know, so. Yeah, definitely. So uh, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, rest in peace, Chester. Uh, you were you were a voice of a generation, sir. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, he was a great singer, and he, he made a couple great albums. He's got tons of fans, and feel sorry for them, and mostly, most importantly, sorry for his family. So Absolutely. 